Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. On DAB, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Yeah, you're listening to TalkSport 2. I'm Tim Cocker and this is the Lions Daily where we're one day out from the Lions' final warm-up match. They take on the Stormers on Saturday. So 23 men will be taken to the field wearing red with a final chance to stake their claim for test selection next week. So over the next hour, well, we will hear from Warren Gatland who will have to make those selection calls and from Marcus Smith as well. The, The bolter who's arrived straight off the plane and he's starting at fly half tomorrow. Courtney Laws, well, he's been absolutely awesome on this tour so far. He is our player profile today, and we can learn about his rugby journey with his former coach, Chris Parr. Uh, We'll also head over to South Africa, and Matthew Pearce, a broadcaster at Supersport, he'll give us the latest from the Springboks. Are they quietly confident following South Africa A's victory on Wednesday? I'm going to have to keep saying South Africa A without doing the quotation marks. And me and Alfie, well, we're going to pick our Lions starting test team. Still a lot to be decided with the match tomorrow, of course. But if the test match was this weekend... Who would wear 1 to 15? We'll go through that. So, I don't know if it's just me, but nah, it feels like this Lions tour is absolutely flying by. Since they got to South Africa, they've played four games. There are four games left to play and just one more warm-up match before the Test Series. It's the Stormers hosting the Lions on Saturday and all the action will be live on TalkSport. Robbie Henshaw makes it three tries for the Lions. It's good. Oh, and it's over. Marcus Smith's extras give Quinns a nine-point lead. He's developed as a player in the last 12 months or so, and he's had an outstanding year for, for Harlequins. Oh, my word. That is incredible. Maybe Warren feels a week out from a test match is a nice chance for him to get through some, some patterns, and hopefully we'll do our best to disrupt it. Well, they've picked and gone, and now they have got the try on this occasion, the Lions. Should be a good one again. The Stormers host the Lions on Saturday. The match kicks off at 5pm. Our build-up on TalkSport will be from four. As for the side, well, I mean, it's always a strong side. <laughs> Whenever a Lions team takes to the field, it's the best players from the four home nations. But the big news, Marcus Smith starts at fly half and Alan Wynne-Jones is on the bench and uh, could get some minutes under his belt in a remarkable recovery. Three weeks to the day since he, well, looked like he might be out for several months and he's made a miraculous comeback. He's on the bench and could put himself in contention for a test start next weekend, as could Stuart Hogg, who's had to isolate. We'll hear from him in a little bit. And Robbie Henshaw in the centre as well. Uh, He was, before the tour, one of the players you thought, well, he's going to be starting, but we haven't seen him for a while. We'll see him tomorrow. And if he has a solid game, he could be in the test team next weekend. And his centre partner for the game uh, on Saturday 
Elliot Daly. That one is fascinating. But uh, I'll tell you what, let's hear from the Lions camp first off. And Warren Gatland, well, he was asked about Alan Wynne-Jones, obviously, and he said he's got no concerns over his fitness ahead of his return to tour. Well, if someone comes off, he's ready to go. So we wouldn't have brought him out unless he was 100% fit. That was that was part of the thing that he went back to Wales. He rehabbed. He's been taking a full, full part in, in the Welsh training. Uh, we've been looking at very closely at a number of videos of, of the training sh- sessions that he's taken a part in. And if the medical team had been passed him fully fit, then he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been here and come out. Warren Gatland is one man who probably wouldn't have been remotely surprised at Alan Wynne-Jones' uh, comeback. I know uh, TalkSport 2's Alfie Reynolds, who's with me, has been uh, basically doing a bit of medical research uh, and it just makes it all the more amazing, uh, the, the comeback, when you actually look at what Alan Wynne-Jones did. Yeah, it's extraordinary, Tim, isn't it? It's one of those that we all saw him leave the field against Japan and it looked bad. Jamie Roberts on our commentary said it didn't look good. He left the tour. We think that's a real blow because it's probably going to be his last chance. Wind the clocks forward. What what has it been? A couple of weeks? Dislocated shoulder. He's back out there in South Africa on the bench. I'm really interested to see how he's going to go. It is extraordinary. He's an extraordinary player and this is just the latest chapter in many of his incredible feats. Yeah, and you just get the sense that it's mindset a, a lot of the time. It, Alan Wynne-Jones can take himself self to some dark places that maybe other human beings can't. He, he really is a remarkable fella. Uh, as for uh, the other big story in, in the starting lineup, Marcus Smith. What a five weeks he's had, including a ridiculous performance on the way to winning the Premiership, his England debut and first England try, and now playing for the Lions. And he spoke, he sat down with our man in South Africa, Talk Sports, Neil Manthorpe, and said he'd been welcomed into the camp. The fly-offs have really looked after me. The minute I stepped in here, Owen, uh, Dan and Finn all offered their help and all said to me, if I ever need any help, come to them. And, and to have that from three, three brilliant fly-offs is, is special and, and good, le- good learning for me. And then I had a nice Zoom call with Gregor, uh, who just ran through some of the key attacking shapes and what we want to do to what we want to do in games and how we want to play. So to have those guys looking after me as the minute I arrived was made it very easy to fit in. Do you have any childhood memories of the Lions? Um, what's your first sort of recollection of, of this great awe-inspiring concept? Yeah, I remember watching 2009 tour. Uh, I was only 10, but um, I remember bits of it, especially the Test Series. Um, I remember seeing the Sea of Red. I remember seeing the, 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 the South African fans as well, how passionate all the players were, how passionate the staff were, how passionate uh, the, the, the crowd was as well. And... Um, yeah, and to, to have been able to, to, to learn off Adam Jones, who was obviously on that tour, and, and Jamie Roberts of Harlequins a couple of years ago uh, was special. And um, to be here now is quite surreal, really. Marcus Smith talking to our man in South Africa, Neil Manthorpe. It's great to, to hear that from Marcus Smith. I mean, makes me feel old, him saying he was 10 when he watched the Lions in 2009. But, but Alfie, that just, I mean, it, it just puts into context how remarkable this is and how much it will mean to him. Yeah, and you're right, uh, as we spoke into that clip, Tim, talking about Marcus Smith in the last five weeks or so, because it is as good a five weeks, really, as it's possible to have as a rugby player. He's been brilliant for Quinns all year. He was superb in the Premiership semi-final and final, and then he made his England debut, he scored a try, and then coming off the pitch against Canada last weekend, he'd been called up to the Lions. I know later on in the show, we're going to kind of go through and, and pick our Lions starting test team if the test series was tomorrow. Um, and obviously, Marcus Smith being a late call-up is very much probably on the outside of those thoughts. But with, you know, are they going to play two playmakers? Who 
who's going to fit where. Marcus Smith puts in a good performance tomorrow. I'm not saying that he's really going to be involved in the test team, but you do never know on this tour with COVID and, and everything like that. So it's a huge moment for him. I think it'll be a massive learning curve as well. It's going to be great for Quinn. It's going to be great for England. Oh, 100%. And, and you're right. Um, there's there's the COVID thing in the background. There is uh, three tests, let's not forget, against a bruise in South Africa's side. So an injury and he pops up on the bench. And uh, we've seen it before with players that come out of nowhere. Uh, what's Stephen Donald, the New Zealand fly half, who kicked the, 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 the winning points in a World Cup when he was fishing about two weeks uh, previous. I can't remember which World Cup that was. Um, but uh, yeah, just we've seen some stories and you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against Marcus Smith having another special moment on the tour yet but um really good another name i'm i'm so pleased to see back on the team sheet stuart hogg what a really frustrating 10 days that he's had to endure uh, with being a, a close contact of gregor townsend who as you heard from marcus smith a moment ago he's having to do zoom calls with his players because he's been in isolation uh, so stuart hogg back in the starting lineup putting himself in contention for a test start he also sat down with our man in south africa neil manthorpe and said it's been a difficult period it was pretty tough. I got a lot of time to, to rest and recover and you know, I'm feeling refreshed and energised and ready to, ready to rock and roll again. But um, now it has been frustrating, it's been challenging, it's been, it's been bleak at times. Uh, but the, the love and support from my family and friends has, has been absolutely tremendous. And you know, the boys here have been checking up on me, leaving coffees at my door. And um, it, it's, it, it has been tough, but look, it's... Uh, it's good to be back. That's, that's all I can say. It's good to be back. A couple of the Springboks, as you know, they've had over 20 positive tests in their camp. A couple of them either chose or were told to get to Cape Town by road. It's a 14-hour road trip in order to preserve the integrity of their, of their negative status. I presume you flew, did you? Yeah, we all, we all came down yesterday. Um, you know, it was, it was good to, to be sorted out with uh, the easiest form of transport uh, and getting down, but... Um, it got to the it got to the stage that the initial bit when I was frustrated and annoyed and asking questions why it was me, um, knowing fine well that the answers were still always going to be the exact same and nothing was going to change. But mate, there was times that I was contemplating starting walking. I just wanted to be amongst <laughs> the boys and, and be near them. But uh, I think it was a safer option to stay in my room and uh, and isolate and uh, and be in a position to to play again. Warren Gatland said that um, today's this is the last um, tour match before the Test Series starts. He said it's the last chance for players to push for a place in the, in the Test 15. I wanted to ask you about the dangers of trying too hard as an individual. And if you're thinking about pushing your, promoting your chances, you, you're not sort of playing for the team, are you? I'm old enough and ugly enough now to realise that it's not about the individual. Um, it's about an individual doing their role for the team. Um, and, and for me to, to be in a position to be in the conversations about test matches is, uh, is going out there and expressing myself, having some fun, but ultimately doing what's best for, for the boys and, and making sure that we win. Stuart Hogg speaking to Neil Manthorpe. That was fascinating, Alfie. And uh, the, what he just said at the end there is what it's all about with the Lions. And I, I get that from the, from the group as a whole, but Stuart Hogg knows better than anyone about missing out on on test match selection. He's been so unlucky in previous tours and he thought maybe it was going to be bad luck for him again. And, and by the way, how good has Stuart Hogg and some of his chats with Neil Manthorpe been our reporter out in South Africa so far on the tour? Uh, absolutely. The, the leadership right there. You can hear you can hear right there why he's the captain of Scotland, why mm. he's regarded so highly and why he's such an important man to have around that group. Um, 
and why would have been a big loss? I mean, obviously it's been really frustrating for Stuart Hogg, but when you hear him talk like that and you think about the experience he's got and, and what he's gone through, what he can add being around the group that he's had to separate from, he's um, such a valuable asset out there. I'm really pleased for him that he's back in the side. Yeah, and I love the honesty that we've heard from Stuart Hogg earlier in the tour. He revealed to us how it secretly grates on him that he's never actually earned a, a test start for the Lions because he has been, as you say, a little bit unlucky on former tours. And it could be mental. I know, you know, Stuart Hogg, I would imagine after Saturday, will will be in the conversation about who's going to start at fullback. But I would find it absolutely extraordinary, particularly looking back at 2017 and, and this tour, if Stuart Hogg once again comes away with not getting a test start, a test cap for the Lions. Because over that period, I'm not sure there's been anyone better at fullback, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He has... <laughs> Probably over and above anybody else, he's uh, he's had really rotten luck. So I'm, I'm with, let's uh, let's touch with that Saturday goes well and he's uh, he's in contention. Uh, just what, one final thing on on the chats with both Marcus Smith and Stuart Hogg. There, really interesting. You get a sense again. We've been talking about it a lot on Lions Daily, but you get a real sense of the camaraderie within the group. Stuart Hogg talking about people leaving in coffees by his door, and Marcus Smith having all the fly halves come up to him and go, "Anything I can do whatsoever." It really does feel like they've built something special. It's revealing, isn't it? Those are two points that stood out to me as well, both Marcus Smith and Stuart Hogg going into detail about that. What is it about the Lions that this tends to to bring everyone together? I know we've had tours like 2005 where clearly it wasn't handled well in terms of building that squad environment. But generally speaking, in the Warren Gatland era, you've always got the sense that that just happens naturally. And, and you, you hear about the club game, you even hear about the international game at times where that's maybe not necessarily the case. But there's something about the Lions, and it is credit to Warren Gatland and the staff behind the scenes for building that environment that just brings everyone together, everyone on the same page, people looking to support each other and get the best out of one another. It, it is great and it's so crucial as well come the test series, which I can't believe it, but what, we're just <laughs> a little over a week away. So excited. Yeah, I just I just get a, a feeling from Warren Gatland that he, in, he trusts his players a lot and gives them the freedom and the... He just creates a structure and then go on then, off you go, boys. And I think that's a great environment, especially when it's uh, as close proximity as they've had to be because of everything everything going on on this tour. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus B drink aware and commentary of every game on the Lions tour to South Africa across the TalkSport network. Next, well, we'll be joined by Supersport broadcaster Matthew Pierce. He's in South Africa. Side. Elliot Daly makes a tackle, the offload to Lacan and he will go in to score the try. My honest opinion is, you know, if they are going to play against a team like the Stormers or the Sharks, I think the chances of infection is as good as we had when we played Georgia. I'd hate to see the, the game against the Stormers lost from our perspective because um, those Stormers players, they get you know, sort of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to play against the Lions and for that game to be taken away from, from them, I would be incredibly disappointing. Well, I'm going to beg till we find uh, a really valid medical reasons why that's not the safest, you know. I, I just can't see why that can't be the safest option. And I'm sure Warren would want us to be at full strength and have good match fitness before we play them in the first day's match. All right, OK, fine. With the Rocky music, we, we might be slightly overstating the needle between the two camps. Might be over-egging the pudding there, but I'll tell you what, the Test Series does look like it could go to the final bell. And there has been a bit of a standoff in the build-up to this weekend. South Africa, you heard from Rassi Erasmus there, they were pushing for another match between South Africa A and the Lions, but Warren Gatland, he, he knocked that back at every 
opportunity and remains set on playing the Stormers as the original schedule laid out. Uh, so let's get a South African perspective uh, on this and the South African camp in general. We're joined by broadcaster for Supersport, Matthew Pearce. How are you doing, Matthew? Uh, good afternoon, Tim. Good to chat to you. Uh, yeah, the, the, the banter has gone up a notch, hasn't it? And uh, I, I think it's really a good thing in many ways. There's a, a bit of needle coming into things and uh, verbal jousting going on. It's, uh, it's, it's good, I think. Yeah, there's some mind games going on. It always uh, hypes it up a little bit, which is great. Uh, from what you've seen, how big of an issue was this for Rassi Erasmus this week? Well, look, I, I, I think what Rusty and his coaching staff, you know, obviously Shark Ninava, the head coach, he's been isolating. He only joined uh, the squad again yesterday, having remained in Johannesburg. After the cancellation of the second Georgia test, I think what Rusty has really wanted was uh, another opportunity for his extended squad uh, to, to get a hit out, uh, to, to feel the bumps and the bruises physically, uh, to bed down a few combinations. I think one of the things he's always said, despite a, a 20-month hiatus uh, from Test Rugby after the World Cup final, there, there wasn't going to be a, a great deal of a challenge in, in gelling, like a, like a Lions coach has to do with uh, members of his squad from four different countries. You know, if you look at the, the extended Springbok squad, uh, 29 of the 33 who won the Rugby World Cup, the original 31 plus the two injury replacements, 29 of those 33 are in this extended squad. So we had retirements from Tendam Tawarira and uh, Skog Brits and Francois Lowe, and then Warwick Halant was the only member of that World Cup winning squad that was not available for selection due to injury. So having the core there in those 29 players meant that there's a lot of internal knowledge and it's a bit like riding a bike isn't it you get back together uh, nobody was expecting a massive departure from the approach which won in that rugby world cup having said that uh, there are some key players down like a, a Dwayne for and and having the opportunity to find out who's uh, putting their hand up to take over at number eight for example uh, is important and, and to get those players the opportunity to get some extended game time. So, yes, he did undoubtedly want to. He wouldn't have said so in a public press conference uh, if he didn't want to arrange a, a second game for the SAA team against the Lions. Uh, that was not able to be facilitated. And so there, there is, uh, they, they're still waiting to confirm it completely. Uh, as I believe it is subject to some testing, but there is a scheduled game against the Bulls uh, for the SAA team or South African Invitation team, call it what you like, uh, at the stadium uh, before the Lions-Stormers game tomorrow. Well, let's just, let's wrap up the, the, the Stormers uh, and the South Africa A little needle by, by hearing from John Dobson, who spoke with TalkSport's Andrew McKenna, and uh, he's the coach for the Stormers, and he said he was glad they still get to play the Lions. Look, obviously for our players, through all the games going ahead, we obviously would have acted whatever is in the interest of, of South African rugby, and um, it's a tricky position to be in because you want these guys to experience what is a great occasion for us, and um, but at the same time, you want to help the national cause, but I completely understand Warren's position. I don't. I was just actually having a look. I think the last time, other than the Northern Trans, then Northern Transvaal in 1997, 
the last time a provincial team won a game against it was in 1968. So it's not new that the provincial teams are, are not, obviously not as strong as national teams. Razi Erasmus was still talking about South Africa 8 taking over the game. Was there ever any direct communication between the Stormers and the Springboks about what was going on? Um, and perhaps God, no, there wasn't. Uh, we, 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 we got in here last Friday and have been preparing... I never got any sort of formal communication other than what we read in the media. So, no, there wasn't. Um, I see it's still apparently sounds like after last night's game, it's still alive, but we haven't heard anything. Stormers coach John Dobson talking to Andrew McKenna uh, and, well, delighted to still be playing the Lions. Uh, Just when we look back at the South Africa A side, Matthew, uh, you mentioned that the DNA wasn't going to change from South Africa from the World Cup. But how close do you feel they got to the heights that they reached in 2019? That's a good question. You know, in commentary, uh, when I introduced the game, I I said South Africa A, and it looks a lot more South Africa than A. (laughs) Because, especially in the back line, there were five members of the starting lineup who started the World Cup final. Uh, The only ones missing were Andre Pollard and and Makazola Mpimpi. The rest all started that final. And, yeah, there was a, a fair number of players in the pack and on the bench as well. I think 16 out of the 23 in total. And I think the first 40 minutes uh, gave a pretty good indication uh, that uh, not a lot of the DNA had been lost. I, I thought, and we thought as a commentary team, we were, we were really, really impressed with the level of physicality that that SAA team brought to the contest, especially at breakdown and at the game line. Uh, we, we really felt that they, they outmuscled the Lions in some respect. There's a school of thought, and I tend to agree, uh, that it was a, a very positive wake-up call for the Lions in that regard because it was just more than a few notches up from what they faced in, in the games on tour so far and a stark reminder of what they will face in the test series, you know, and Etzebeth as well. One of uh, my colleagues after the game said, Etzebeth, you know, that was an impressive physical performance in the first 40. And he said, yes, and we didn't even sing the national anthem. Wait until we do that. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah I think physically uh, they were really up for it uh, in the tackle, at the gain line, at the breakdown, and, and also that period just before half time when they were down to 13 men and defended their line as though their lives depended on it. That was impressive. We were quite surprised in some respects that when they were down to 13, that the Lions kept opting for the tap and go instead of a scrum where South Africa were without a scrum half uh, and a loose forward. But, you know, maybe again, they didn't want to give too much away. I think there was a lot of cat and mouse about that game. There was a lot of talk with both coaches before the game around the importance of the results. And they, oh, they, they both deflected slightly, saying it wasn't that important. But, you know, both fly halves took a, a few shots at goal for penalties, which we hadn't seen on the tour so far. So you can read into that what you will. It, it, undoubtedly, uh, the intensity, the, 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 the energy around the contest went up a few notches. Uh, I'm, I'm interested, actually, to get a perspective, Matthew, on the, the mood among the South Africa public on the ground there ahead of this test series. What's the, what's the mood? Is it, is it worried, uh, confident, expectant? How are they feeling? That's an interesting question because, you know, 
sport has has played such an important role in bringing happiness and hope and, and joy to people in this country. And there, there seem to be an enormous number of times where, where that is a requirement. I mean, when they won the World Cup in 2019, there were all sorts of challenges facing the country. COVID is obviously a global problem, but uh, a, a number of African countries lagging behind, uh, certainly the, the UK in, in finding solutions and vaccinations and that kind of thing, and, and those issues are well documented. Add to that uh, the rioting and the looting that has been well documented on foreign television stations as well as at home, particularly in KwaZulu-Natal and, and Gauteng, and, and you have a country on edge, un, unquestionably. So then you say to yourself, well, how important uh, is a rugby series? I've, I've seen people asking whether it should go ahead at all. Um, but there is a, a very clear sense that has been expressed by the team uh, that they know uh, that the, the opportunity and the power they have in, in some respects to, to improve uh, people's mindset, even if just for a short while and, and to bring some positivity. They know they've done it in the past and they know they have that capacity. And I think the general rugby-loving public, notwithstanding the fact that they're not going to be able to go into a stadium for this entire test series, is just so starved of international competition. Let, let me reiterate, you know, we've been watching on television uh, our South African cricket side playing... Uh, a T20 series in the West Indies. They're, they're playing in Ireland uh, as we speak. Uh, we're watching Louis Oosthuizen and others uh, on the leaderboard at the Open Championship at Royal St. George's. All these things, are, are, they, they, they just give you that little bit of positivity. And we've had a, a World Cup winning Springbok side who did not compete for 20 months. And just going back to your question about the SAA side that was dominated by World Cup winners, you know, let's not forget that they had two field sessions and that the, for the previous eight or nine days, they had had all their team meetings as individuals in their hotel rooms on Zoom, uh, had done stretching and strength exercises on their own in their rooms. And to deliver a performance like they did especially in that first half, under those circumstances, says a lot about their resolve, their mental resolve uh, and their determination to uh, back up a World Cup victory with, with a Lions series victory. Absolutely fascinating. It's great speaking to you, Matthew. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Tim. Matthew Pearce uh, of Supersport in South Africa. That was fascinating. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. And across the TalkSport network, we've got commentary of every game of the Lions tour to South Africa. Next, well, we're going to be chatting to Chris Parr. He used to coach Courtney Laws. He can, uh, he can peel back the curtain and tell us about his journey to the Lions. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Courtney Law's on Farrell. We've seen that before. Oh, Farrell's a tough man, but when you clash with Courtney Law's, you're going to come off second best. Courtney Law's, Northampton Saints. England. Having a, a good jumping back row option is, is key, especially when you're playing against a large pack like, like the South Africans. I wouldn't say I've got a personal score sell, although, of course, I'm a competitive person and, you know, we're going there to win 100%. So, um, and then in terms of going about beating them, I think first and foremost, you have to match them physically. I'll be looking forward to this one. Uh, he's one of the players that stood out on tour so far. Courtney Laws of Northampton and England's second and back row. Will he make Warren Gatland's starting test side? More on that later in the show. Me and Alfie are going to go through and pick our starting side for next weekend. But Courtney Laws is the focus for our player profile on Lions Daily today. And we're gonna, this is where we chat to family members, former teammates and coaches, and we learn a little bit more about the playing members of the 2021 touring party. I mean, after all, this is the pinnacle of the sport. So where have these guys come from? Today, it's Courtney's former coach, Chris Parr, uh, who joins me. Hi, Chris. Hello there. Hi. Uh, so when did you meet Courtney? Well, it seems a, an awful long time ago now. Um, when he was 16 years old, he uh, he moved into the age group that I was coaching at Northampton Old Scouts. Uh, and I worked with him for, for a couple of years with the club and also with East Midlands um, under-18 representative side. And so tell me about the young Courtney Laws then. Well, he hadn't played rugby for very long because um, he started playing rugby at Northampton School for Boys, which he joined at 13, going on 14. Um, so he hadn't had the benefit of mini rugby and everything, so he was quite raw, uh, but still very athletic, very slight. He's not obviously, um, naturally, he's a very slight individual, so he works very hard now to carry weight. Um, but he's, uh, but he, yeah, an obvious initial talent was obvious to see. He had great ball skills, great hands, very athletic, and obviously, uh, as we can see now, a very tall young man. 
yeah, and, and a pretty incredible specimen. I'm quite jealous uh, of anyone that uh, struggles to carry weight. Fair, fair enough. I wouldn't mind that problem. And now for all of these player profiles that we do, we, we go searching for some little clips. And for most players, you you find tries and amazing bits of skill. When you search Courtney Laws, all you get are loads of massive hits. Has he always had that sort of physicality? Yeah, I think I think he's unusual because for someone so tall, he cuts people down very low. Um, and an awful lot of big fellas, they tend to go sort of man and ball. And so he's, he is noticeable because he does actually get down and take people around the legs and hit them hard and knock them backwards. He's always enjoyed that, always enjoyed tackling, contact. Um, but... I think that you know, other parts of his game have come in and there are clips now of some really cracking hands that he you know, he puts people into space very well. You're absolutely right. He's really evolved his game, hasn't he? Well, for one thing, he actually really worked hard on lowering that tackle height. And, and as you say, he's added ball carrying and handling. So he seems like a guy that... It, it, well, I mean, he's one of the most experienced England forwards now, but he's still trying to move on, even as he moves on in years as well. I think you're right. I mean, he's he told me that um, Eddie Jones was was critical of him when he first joined. Well, when Eddie first joined the England squad, that he wasn't carrying the ball enough, um, and he was doing a lot of the hard graft and tackling, but not actually carrying the ball up. And he's worked really hard on that in in the recent years. And you know, it's obvious now that he's much more comfortable with actually being that first receiver and taking the ball up. Now. I absolutely love Courtney Laws. He's one of my favourite players. I, I think he's um, he's incredibly brave. I mean, seeing anyone fold, you know, French fly halves up like deck chairs is 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 a joy to watch anyway. But I also think he's he's a fascinating character off the field as well. There is a perception of him among certain fans. So, from your perspective, you knew him, you know, before any of us watching him did. Uh, tell us about the guy, Courtney Laws. Yeah, he's he's. I'd say probably shy. Um, he's not really um, a flash player, a flash person in terms of you know the way he lives his life. He's he's a a very committed family man. He's got a lovely wife and four kids. His mum and dad live locally. He's always very close to his mum, dad, and his little brother, um, and that's a really really important part of his life. And the thing that he 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 loves is a family and b just playing rugby. He's not a massive fan of training, to be fair. He's always said that you know he wants to play rugby. That's what he wants to do, play every game. But a lot of guys will, in their spare time, you know, go and play Call of Duty online or whatever. I, I know from Courtney Laws that he, he reads books a lot. He's very, very thoughtful. And he, he like volunteers for political advocacy groups. He's a, he's a really, I think he's a, an amazing role model. And I, I wish more people knew about the, the whole Courtney Laws. I think you're right. I think he does. I think he has opinions that I, I fully support. I think they, they, they do actually rub some people up, up the wrong way, but he's not afraid to say those opinions in public, and I think that's great. Um, he has certainly, in, in, in recent years, he has become far more thoughtful and far more um, possibly making use of his public profile a little bit more to actually uh, change the world, if you like. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, he's... Um, he has got some very, very firm, possibly not political, but certainly family views and how people, you know, he, he feels how, you know, best people bring up their kids, etc. Yeah, and I, th- I think it, it, it's exactly as you've said, it's commendable that he will voice those because a lot of people just keep everything to themselves. He's, he's uh, as I say, brave on and off the field, I feel. As for his performances on tour, what have you made of uh, Courtney so far? 
Um, I, I spoke to him just before he left, a few days before he left, and we, we had, a, had a chat, and he's determined that he feels there's some, un, some unfinished business from the last, last tour that he wants to start a test match, um, having got off the bench the last time. And I, I believe he's putting himself in the right place. The games he played, I thought he was, if not man of the match, in the top two or three players in each of the games. Um, and... You never quite know what's going on in Mr. Gatlin's head, but the fact that he's basically been wrapped up in cotton wool this week, I think my optimistic view is that's a good sign. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And it looks like, well, uh, assuming that he still goes that way, it looks like it's a shootout between uh, Courtney and Tyburn. And uh, I mean, but like you say, it's a three-test series. So um, I've no doubt Courtney's going to play a big role. I think you're right, and I think I think as you rightly say, playing at six, I think it'll be it'll be it'll be one to start and one to bench. I think. Yeah, it's looking that way. So clearly, yeah. you uh, you're still regularly in contact with Courtney, so you don't need me uh, as a little conduit to get a message to him. But if you were, you know, talking to him right now and not to me, what message would you send? I mean, the the, the common thing that I say to him when I, I I don't speak as much as I'd like to. He's a very busy man now, but we do speak from time to time. I think he he knows how proud we all are in Northampton, particularly at Northampton Old Scouts. And I think that you know whatever he does, he will make us proud. Chris, it's been really good talking to you. Thanks, thanks ever so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Chris Parr, um, coach of Courtney Laws uh, when he was 16. I, I don't know whether you knew that, Alfie. I didn't know he was a, a late comer to rugby. No, I didn't either. I didn't know. So it was really interesting hearing from Chris there, a number of different things in that interview, particularly the stuff as well about, you know, we heard it from Stuart Hogg, didn't we, earlier in the tour about how not getting a Lions test cap in 2017 kind of grated on him. And, and maybe it sounds like it's possibly similar for Courtney Laws as well. Great stuff there from Chris. Yeah, if if we get the chance to... Uh, speak to Courtney on the tour after maybe after a, a winning test uh, performance. Actually, that that phrase "unfinished business." We might we might have to get a macker or someone to put that to him. That, that's great stuff. Um, really enjoyed that one. That's our player profile for today on the Lions Daily on Talksport Two with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby. Eighteen plus. Be drink aware. And up next, Alfie, are you ready for this? I think so. I've get, it's caused <laughs> me a headache, but I think I'm ready. We'll be picking our British and Irish Lions starting test side if the game were tomorrow, not the game against the Stormers. It's only Marcus Smith with a barnstorming conversion from the touchline. We have some breaking news. Warren Gatland has called up Harlequins in England fly half. Marcus Smith is injury cover. It's a dream come true, obviously. It was always my dream to, to represent the Lions. I didn't expect it to come this soon. There's no doubt he's got some real attacking prowess. He's matured uh, significantly and you know we're really excited about him, him having an opportunity to start. He is probably the Form 10 in the, the British and Irish Isles at the moment. Could he be shot in for that first test? Um, be interested to see how he goes on Saturday. It has been quite the few weeks, hasn't it, for Marcus Smith. He played a crucial role in perhaps the best Premiership semi-final and final as Quinns won the title, made his England debut, scored a try, got called up to the British and Irish Lions and he starts on Saturday as the Lions face the Stormers. Uh, the other big bit of team news is Alan Wynne-Jones is on the bench just three weeks after dislocating his shoulder. Absolutely remarkable. And Stuart Hogg starts and captains the side following his isolation. Uh, let's um, let's hear from Warren Gatland ahead of that one. He's been talking about Stuart Hogg and admitted that on both this tour and in 2017, Hogg's been really unlucky. Getting the eye injury in 2017, which 
put them out of the, the series and then uh, being in close contact with COVID, which has kept him out a couple of games. So it's good to have him back and he'll be ready and ready to go. He's sitting along, alongside me and then and then Robbie Henshaw as well. So uh, look, he had a fantastic Six Nations. We're looking forward to him getting back on the park and, and hopefully putting his hand up. Warren Gatland talking about Stuart Hogg and mentioning Robbie Henshaw as well. He also back in the side after a, a slight injury. Ugh. It's hotting up for those test spots, isn't it? Stuart Hogg and, and Robbie Henshaw and every player, in fact, that's playing in that game against the Stormers, which you can hear commentary on TalkSport tomorrow, uh, Saturday evening, build-up getting underway from four, kick-off at five. Uh, as for what that game means, well, it's a final shot at test selection for the following weekend. And I'll tell you what we're going to do now. We are going to, me and Alfie, uh, we're going to try and pick our test 15 if we were picking a test match side tomorrow because I think what this will do will put into context just how important some of the players tomorrow uh, have got with their final opportunity just how important it is for them um, have you got your pen and paper Andy Alfie do you know what Tim I started looking at this and it's so difficult isn't it I it mean really Warren is. Gatland and those coaches it's so tough particularly in certain positions we'll get onto them but picking a, a 15 or even a 23 out of that squad is is really, really tough. So, yep, I'm ready. I've got mine written down, printed out, so I'm not going to change it now. So so let's get into it. Shirt number one, who have you got? I've gone for Rory Sutherland. Have you? I've had a change of heart on him. I was, I've was i been Rory ah. Sutherland through the whole tour, but I've gone Wynne Jones on the strength of the, the performance against South Africa A. And I watched it again and thought he got parity uh, in the scrum against South Africans and that's huge because what's possibly going to be coming in the test match is a certain Franz Malherbe, uh, a, a giant tight head for South Africa. So yeah, I've changed and gone Win Jones actually, but um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those positions where Warren Gatland can pick any of the three guys he's got and, and, and they'll do a solid job. That's very interesting. You've changed your mind. I, I was convinced that you were going to go Rory Sutherland because I know you've been trumpeting his cause uh, throughout the Lions daily. And it's, it's a great point as well. We said it earlier this week, that South Africa A game, because the opposition, the, the quality was so much better for the players that played well in that game, maybe that is going to give them the advantage when it comes to selection. So it's not a bad shout with Wynne Jones, but yeah, I, I went Rory Sutherland. Uh, Hooker, I've gone Jamie George. Agreed. Yep, Jamie George. I think you could have him or Ken Owens, um, but but for me, Jamie George has just uh, snuck in there. Do you want me to go for my replacement at, at now, or are we going to go through the bench later? Oh, I suppose, uh, yeah, we could do. So uh, I put, again, because of the week, the midweek game, Rory Sutherland, who was like, I've been raving about him, he's not even made my test 23. I've put <laughs> Vunapola on the bench. Yeah, I've got Mako as well. More for his all-round game. I, did, I, I had some concerns about his scrummaging um, because of earlier in the tour. But then again, as you say, he was good on Wednesday. So yeah, I went I went Mako as the replacement loose head. And actually, I've gone Luke Cowan-Dickey as my replacement hooker, just because I think he maybe gives you a bit more spark off the bench, whereas I see Ken Owens as a, a more similar option to Jamie George. He could start Ken Owens, but because I've selected Jamie George, I've gone Cowan-Dickey as my replacement hooker. I, I did exactly the same, Alfie, and I'm going to continue that and say on the bench in the tight head position, I've put Carl Sinclair, and you've got an all-English and quite an explosive uh, set of replacements there in the front row because Ty Furlong is probably the most nailed on of any player in the side. Yep, we're, we're agreed on both those positions. Carl Sinker, I think, has done a brilliant job having not been selected in the opening touring party to be considered for the starting spot, but I couldn't look past Ty Furlong. So I've got him starting uh, and then Sinker on the bench. Second rows then. So Maruatoji's playing. That's fine. We've got that. Who yep. is going to be partnering him? Will it be the warhorse Halloween Jones straight off the plane and straight back into a test side? That's the way I've got Alfie. 
Happy you've gone for Alan Wynn. I, I couldn't. I've, I'm stuck with what my feeling was ever since Alan Wynn-Jones uh, dropped out injured, which is Maratoje alongside Ian Henderson. I have got Alan Wynn-Jones on the bench, which it feels extremely harsh on some of the other options. You look at someone like Adam Beard, who I think has, has come into the squad and done well. But presuming Alan Wynn gets through the match against the Stormers, uh, I've got him on the bench and Ian Henderson starting. Well, it sort of gives away uh, the next position a little bit, perhaps, uh, that I've got Courtney Laws on, on the bench. Uh, yeah. In the kind of covering the second and oh, also back okay. row, obviously, uh, which which moves us on to the back row. Uh, I think I've got Maverick here. Go on. So I've got Tyburn at, at blindside. Okay. I've got Hamish Watson at o- open side. I just can't not have Hamish Watson in the team. He's been so good. And Tom Curry at number eight. So I wondered if you'd go Curry at number eight. That's in. That's so. This I would argue is the toughest place to pick. In the in the whole squad, I, I would agree. I would suggest. So I've gone Courtney Laws at six. So I agree with you there. We've spoken about it having that second row, bigger body line out option, etc. I've gone Ben Curry at seven, and I've stuck to my guns as I have done throughout most of the tour at eight, and actually gone to Lupe Falatau. Um, just because I think he maybe offers a bit more athleticism and, and footwork at, at number eight. I think it's so, so tough. Uh, I mentioned how Alan Wynne-Jones is my replacement on the bench. Uh, I've gone for a 6-2 bench split. So I've got Hamish Watson and Jack Conan as my replacements. So Josh Navidi, Adam Bird, uh, Tyg Byrne, I'm sorry, but they haven't made my 23. The uh, the 6-2 split on the bench, that that did that just worries me. It always worries me. One unplanned injury and uh, and it can all ruin the balance of a team. So I haven't done that. Uh, Tulupa Falatau is on the bench for me. And I, and I do think he's got a big part to play in the test series. He's rangy. He can offload. He can, if you can get him in open space, he can be absolutely deadly. Uh, so I've got him on my bench. So that's the pack. Uh, into the back line then. Here we go. Uh, scrum half. Connor Murray. Uh, fairly straightforward choice for me. Yeah, Conor Murray as well. Ali Price has been absolutely brilliant. And I think he brings a, a, a dynamism and something explosive off the bench. So uh, he'll be wearing the 21 jersey in my in my 23. Yeah, well, with the 6-2, he's my uh, 22 jersey. But yeah, Ali Price on the bench, Conor Murray uh, starting is fairly straightforward. At fly half, again, I haven't really changed from this from the Japan game. I've gone for Dan Bigger. I've gone Owen Farrell. Okay, so I've got Owen Farrell at, at uh, centre. I've gone for the two playmakers. Yeah, which I, I, I really can't guess the way Warren Gatlin's going to go. That's his two options. I think Farrell's in your, your 15, come what may. Yeah. Uh, I've got him in the 10 jersey because, uh, and I've got that as a, as a consequence, I've got Dan Bigger on the bench. Uh, and my centre partnership is Robbie Henshaw, 12, Elliot Daly, 13. Yeah, so I could have easily gone this way. Obviously, because I went with the two playmakers, Bigger at 10 and, and Farrell at 12, I've put Henshaw at 13. Uh, and part of the reason I've gone for a 6-2 split on the bench is because Daly is my other backs replacement because he covers pretty much everywhere. So yeah, Daly on the bench, uh, Henshaw at 13. Well, my thinking with Daly at 13 is just, and Henshaw at 12 is, uh, we, as good as the Lions were, that, that South Africa defence held firm. And I think you're going to have to stretch them and score if you're going to beat them in a test series. So I just think we need to throw a little bit of caution to the wind and Elliot Daly's been that good. Um, that Yeah, he, he's, he's making my centre pairing. That, that might, again, be a slightly maverick selection along with Tom Curry at number eight. But um, we'll see, I guess. What, Warren Gatlin might be thinking along the same lines, but uh, he's got an embarrassment of riches to pick from, not least in the, in the back three, which, again, <laughs> outrageous talents all over the shop.
Yeah, no, th- this was another one where there are so many good options, but actually, apart from foot, my my wingers for me personally actually pick themselves. I've gone for Josh Adams and Anthony Watson. Yep, same. I completely agree with you. Uh, and I, I was thinking Duan van der Merwe because he's a, a unique specimen and he can be a real threat. But having watched Lewis Rees-Samit against the, the South Africa A side, yeah. I, I sort of thought mm, the naivety of youth can be exposed at the very highest level and you're playing against the very best players. And Anthony Watson is just class and his experience, his defensive work, his... His um, kick return, he, he's just a, a class act. So, yeah, I want him on the field. Yeah, exactly the same. I, I had the same concerns about Reese Samet and Van der Merwe. As good as they've been on tour, I, I do have concerns about them potentially getting exposed against the Springboks. I just think Adams and Watson are, are safer options, but they still offer you um, the attacking threat as well. So it, it kind of made sense to me. Who do you go for at fullback? Stuart Hogg. Same. We've got quite a few selections the same. That yes, Stuart Hogg as well for me. But I don't. Am I being emotional here, Tim? Because we've heard Stuart Hogg speak about how it grates on him that he hasn't got a Lions test cap. I'm not sure. Possibly being a little bit sentimental, but he's just a guy with um, just with that X factor. Um, and we he missed out on starting Premiership finals and semi finals for Exeter, and and he hasn't played for a while. So Liam Williams might be justified in feeling very hard done by if he doesn't make. Uh, the, the 15 jersey but that's a great problem for Warren Gatland to have we've both come down on the side of Hogg we'll, we'll see how he plays this weekend it just puts it under the microscope that Stuart Hogg's got to go out and perform first yeah. game back yeah I think it could easily be Liam Williams but having said that I don't think he's been poor but equally I wouldn't necessarily say he's absolutely cemented that position either when he probably had an opportunity to and you look at Hogg's isolation and how he has missed quite a few games so look we'll we'll wait and see they're both top quality players but uh, Stuart Hogg for me with ball in hand and attacking and you talk about you know needing some sort of X factor to break down South Africa I think he possibly gives you that yeah Uh, and uh, just for the record my uh, number 23 shirt Chris Harris so um, there we go. Okay, uh, good stuff. We, we've had a go. These are the conversations that we're having in, uh, in in pubs and rugby clubs up and down the land. So hopefully we've got that started for you. And thank you for listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. And remember, the TalkSport network has commentary of every match on the 2021 Lions Tour. They take on the Stormers on Saturday at 5 p.m. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.